Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Hope Balfa, your IGC Life Coach, and I'm here to guide you on a transformative journey like no other. The Breakup Baddie is the ultimate podcast for those who are ready to break free from the shackles of bad habits, limiting mindsets, and one-sided relationships. Hey everyone, welcome to The Breakup Baddie. This is your host, Hope, and I am an IGC certified life coach. And you've probably seen me on social media under The Breakup Baddie, B-A-D-D-I-E. We talk about breaking up with bad habits or limiting mindsets or beliefs or people, places, or things that are holding you back from living your most abundant life. So aside from it, it's not just a relationship podcast, but we're also talking about just ways to level up your life. And I love having the guests that I have on the show. They're all so unique and still have so many nuggets of truth to share and we just have a good time. So thanks for joining us. So on today's show, we have my dear friend, Lynn Marie Baker. Lynn Marie is a local business owner and an aspiring integration coach. And she's going to tell us more about that today, but go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little about who you are. Sure. Um, yeah. So I am a Waco local born and raised here. Um, I went to A&M for um, business and hospitality. And, um, my senior year, I really started to question, you know, what my degree meant to me. And so even back then I was already kind of questioning what I was going to do in this world, the impact I was going to make. And, um, I really wanted to go towards medical, but I was already so far into my degree. I wasn't sure how to shift out of it. Um, and then as often things work out, um, in a mysterious way, but they kind of guided me towards the medical profession um, in a way that I could bring my hospitable knowledge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I partnered with a physician here in town and we um, started Renew Vitality Clinic, which is um, an alternative medicine clinic and medical aesthetics business. So, and that's how we met was at Renew Vitality. Yes. I, uh, I formed a lot of relationships there, a lot of um, friendships. I loved having my clientele there when I was doing all of the laser services and, um, 
yeah, you get you get really close with people when you start <laughs> you seeing them, do. you know, once a month for a year at yeah, a time. And you're doing really like you're doing procedures that are pretty intimate and like people yeah. are going there because they usually have an anxiety about something, whether it's hair, whether it's wrinkles, whatever it is, you're seeing people in a vulnerable state and Absolutely. you're building a relationship with them like they trust you and they keep coming back and there's that, that bond there. I oh, know for sure. I connected with you almost immediately. Yeah. We were kindred spirits. And so for sure. um, I I always looked forward to coming back and seeing you. That was my favorite part. And that was my goal. Like I wanted people to feel so comfortable and honestly just be like excited to catch up, you know, like yeah. with a gal pal, you know? Yeah. So, well, so, um, Limerie's official title, we were just talking about it. She is a local business owner and, yeah. um, but also in a state of transition into, Things that more fuel your passion, like they just give you more life, fill your cup. So yeah, what's uh, life look like these days? Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of tie things together, whenever um, I was working in that um, medical aesthetics industry, more hands-on, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, on the back end of it now, but um, I just, I noticed, you know, some things didn't set well with me. Like I question, you know, the the integrity of the operation as far as like people coming in with their insecurities and like I think making money off of that, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. But I my whole goal was to bring a level of um, authenticity and um, yeah, integrity to the operation, which I think I did well. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, I get a lot of that feedback from my clients that they were just happy to see me. So that was my goal. And, um, yeah, but I was, I was kind of questioning already, um, you know, how fulfilling this was for me. And like, is this truly my purpose here in this world? Is this the amount of impact that I'm, you know, that I was brought here? To make that's so and, relatable. I think a lot of people can be like, "Oh my gosh, I feel the same way right now." Absolutely. Oh, COVID did that for us mm-hmm. for sure. I think we all had a time of introspection that I think we really need culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so some things happened. I actually lost my laser on like it was a. I remember it was that. a universe thing. Yes, it took my laser out and (laughs) I did not get it back. There was, um, it was actually going in to be repaired and then there was a whole incident. I ended up, yeah. So universe shifted that. Yes, it did. Um, so, uh, I did not have to run lasers anymore, which, Mm -hmm. um, there was a level of me that was really, really sad. Um, I was losing my clientele and then there was this part of me that I couldn't ignore that was a little excited. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, there's something here I need to explore. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so I don't really know where you want me to start as far as like where I went after that, because that kind of all started developing previous to the laser going. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll just dive into the, the plant medicine stuff. Yeah, yeah. You connected me with Conscious Mother, and that's been such a gift. Conscious Mother on Instagram, she, she is awesome. Gift. And, like, just I would love for you to share with people about that part, like your journey in that, because I think it's so unique and rare, especially in our town. Um, and you have so much wisdom and, like, your personal experience, like just sharing what it what it's done for you and, like, where you're at now and kind of the dreams you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so about two, was it two and a half years ago now? Um, my gosh, I can't keep up with the time these days, but somewhere (laughs) around two and a half years ago, um, 
I was um, exposed on social media mm-hmm. to plant medicine. Um, it crept into my algorithm. <laughs> you can call it a universe thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not really sure. Um, or it's just the sign of a booming industry because right. honestly, it is right. growing um, it is. pretty rapidly. But um, yeah, so I s- had already spoken with my partner about you know, if we would had ever had the opportunity to do ayahuasca, would we do it? And Mm -hmm. I was like, absolutely. Like if that's not really understanding like the energetics of plant medicine at the time, but I was like, yeah, if the opportunity arises, like I think I would Mm -hmm. do it. You want to tell people what's ayahuasca? Yeah. So ayahuasca is a plant. um, It's been taken for hundreds, thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a professional at all and knowing right. like the history of all this, but um, it's something that a lot of um, like uh, tribes and, yeah. you know, different places, it's traditional medicine that mm-hmm. they take. I mean, starting at a very young age, there's um, to this day, if you go to like Peru or mm-hmm. Costa Rica to do an ayahuasca retreat, there's oftentimes children sitting in on this medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with most plant medicine, it's just opening up a different level of thinking. Um, it helps to overcome um, patterns and indoctrinations from our culture, from our yeah, society. All the programming. All the programming, yes. So it just, I mean, it blasts you wide open to see things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, so that con or that question had already come into like our field um, before it came onto <laughs> Instagram, where we saw um, Conscious Mother working with uh, what's called Bufo, yeah. and so Bufo is sacred toad medicine. It's again something that has been um, used for thousands of years yeah. in um, a very traditional and ceremonious way, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, so she's um, she's a plant medicine woman. She's um, a mother. She's yes. an integration coach. She's um, yeah, just a beautiful light worker. Yeah. She's an energy healer. All, and Drea, all she's in Austin, right? Yes. So okay. she's in Austin now. She moved from California to Austin. So, um, but so I had this beautiful opportunity to work with her and. Things were in alignment for us to, you know, have this opportunity to work together because Yay. we've been working together now since since that first um, meeting. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so from my experience. What was that like the yeah. first time when you guys did ayahuasca? You know, I felt, so it wasn't ayahuasca, it was bufo, but so. um, because there's different variations of what's considered plant medicine, mm-hmm. even though Bufo is actually from a toad, mm-hmm. it still kind of gets worked into that yeah. um, category of plant medicine. But um, so it's 5-MeO-DMT if you want to get scientific, which I love the science behind all this. Yes. It's like it validates some of the spiritual woo-woo stuff that yeah. like it's honestly hard for me mm-hmm. to understand and comprehend and, you know, believe to be true because some of it is so out of the realms of what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much science in this work. Yeah. And um, yeah, more and more is being revealed to us um, as as time progresses. But so um, 
It's 5-MeO-DMT. Mm-hmm. So it creates a psychedelic um, experience mm-hmm. for the um, person who ingests it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, all of the, they call it the ego killer. So yeah. you, a lot of people say that they experience like coming into contact with other beings or like another dimension and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, like I didn't, I didn't experience like that other being or like someone yeah you know, like a, a being speaking to me or anything like that. It was mostly just you launch. The best way I can describe it, it's like getting on a rocket ship and being launched, and it's just that initial like, mm-hmm. and you become nothing and everything all at once. Yeah. It's and that oneness, like universal oneness. It's that universal <laughs> oneness. And um, I I do want to like touch on this and – just because it's it was such an, a huge thing for me mm-hmm. was I had so much hesitation and fear around this because of my religious upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so going into it, I, I was fully, like, the, I knew that there was, like, this fear of death that comes up for almost everyone who goes into it. Mm-hmm. And I was as prepared for that as possible. Mm-hmm. What I was not prepared for was the questioning that would come after about religion and like where that stems from. And that really like, that's where having um, a solid integration coach really comes in handy. So if anybody's listening to this, thinking about going into a plant medicine ceremony, please make sure that your integration coaching is um well-prepared, like that is so integral and, um, just important, Mm. um, because there's a lot of things that will come up for you in the year to follow your, Mm. your plant medicine ceremony, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, no one else really in your life has a grasp on what you're going through, what you're experiencing. So, Mm -hmm. um, for Mm. me, like the religion, like the religious stuff that came up and I was, um, I was, I had a lot of fear around it mm-hmm. of feeling like I had done something wrong. Right. Um, feeling like there was some sort of like sin that I had committed that would, I would never like redeem myself from. <laughs> yeah. Because in a lot of uh, religious cultures, like anything that um, is outside of what is acceptable in that religion yeah. is considered demonic or right. what have you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, growing up in a, a Catholic mm-hmm. upbringing, I was, you know, anything that was uh, like tarot cards or Ouija boards yeah. or yeah. anything that like scary movies, anything like mm-hmm. that. I was like, okay, that's letting the devil into your life. Mm-hmm. And um, so absolutely I had that that kind of mindset around this right. even going into it. So, um, yeah, uh, but going back to the experience, like – that oneness and like realizing, you know, God is not outside of us. It's, it's in us always. And it's something that, you know, with religion, there's something beautiful and having faith and like honoring God Mm -hmm. and where we felt in, I think a lot of religions is realize is not realizing that God is within us and we don't honor ourselves. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, and so that's something that that plant medicine helped me with. Right, it's that it's that um, like so, as above, so below, or you know everything. Um, we seek outwardly 
for what's already in us and that causes us to not honor our bodies and realize the sacredness of this temple that we walk around carrying, you know, right. and the, the spirit of life and breath of life and God in us. Um, I feel like if we really understood that better, we would treat ourselves with more compassion and radical acceptance and healthy boundaries and all the things that yes. we're understanding now from a mental health aspect yes. that are missing. Um, it's, I think religion has a lot to do with it because we've always tried to seek God externally or even just like the way that we love others. We forget the other half mm -hmm. of that sacred scripture is like, love your neighbor as yourself. So yes. if you're not loving yourself, then where does that leave you? I mean, we, we, fail ourselves, you know, from the jump, if we're not really respecting and honoring ourselves, mm -hmm. like how can that reverberate out to anything outside of our, uh, ourselves, yeah. our business, our careers, our families, mm -hmm. like all of it, it, it leaks out that, that lack of um, honoring leaks yeah. out into all your own divinity and your own sacredness. And that's where people, I think, get stuck in this cycle of, you know, you can call it misery or, um, yeah, there's all different things. They're, they're shadow patterns, you know, yeah. self-sabotage, people pleasing, mm -hmm. all the things because, yeah, it's, it's a worthiness thing. And so for me, um, and this is something that Plant medicine does not fix. Right. It just adds a it adds like, awareness. Yep, brings it to light. And so there is a really that's I I tell any person who asks me about plant medicine like there is a level of reverence you must have mm -hmm. before and hopefully the the practitioner the facilitator whoever is holding space for you already has this conversation with you but. You just have to be very careful because there's a lot of people out there who are just doing it for the money. Yeah. Or like just this recreational type use. Yeah. And like you're unsettling. It's like you're shaking up this foundation, like all these plants that are rooted in all of your plants that are unfruitful or unhealthy or whatever it is. And then you're shaking up the dirt and then you're left after you just do it recreationally, like mushrooms or anything. Mm -hmm. Um you're left with, okay, now you've shaken everything up. And I have a friend who I feel like struggles with this because a lack of an integration coach, um, yeah. but uses plant medicine frequently because he's searching for, you know, we, we find some level of truth in that experience. Are we, you know, you, you appreciate what you, what you experience, but then if you don't integrate it, it's like, then you will be like, well, and I don't believe that like, all the plant medicine or even, I don't even know that I believe that any of it is truly addictive, but I think the seeking, the seeking, using anything, shopping, sex, anything, yes. sure you can use this to seek something, a fulfillment or a high or whatever outside of yourself. Um, but I don't think chemically like then by nature, cause I feel like even like microdosing, I feel like there's a labor that goes into like processing. Like for me, I'm like, that's not something I would want to abuse or misuse or use more than once every six months. Cause like it was laborious. It was intense. It yeah. was like confronting these things that you're kind of, you know, you just day by day, you leave on the back burner. And I was like, shoot, I don't know how anyone could ever become addicted to like, as far as like abusing it daily, letting it wreck your life because the, the sacredness of it, like you're coming face to face with some really mm -hmm. hard truths and it's beautiful and it's liberating, and it's, but it's work. It's work. And you have to yeah. integrate it. And so I can, um, I know people are afraid of like addiction as far as when it comes to like psychedelics or 
hallucinate hallucinogenics or whatever like that and yeah. i'm like you know this is this isn't just a yay feel good like no, no. it's i mean it can be and absolutely like there's something beautiful about um you know having experiences for fun yes and as long as you're setting that intention that intention mm-hmm. and um because i think that's where i think we fail as humans like we make everything so serious sometimes i'm like <laughs> yeah. yes there has i mean honestly Balance. There's a balance yes. in everything. Yes. And that's another thing that um, plant medicine really highlighted for me is like every, it's a dualistic world that we're living in and there's a balance to everything. Like two, more than one thing can be true at a time. Yes. And yeah, it's just, it, it heightens your level of awareness and for, you know, however long I, I mean, for me, it was about a year and a half of like playing this game of like, Mm, balance rebalancing mm-hmm. my life because it's like, yin yang. like you said everything was shaken up mm-hmm. it was all shaken up and now I have this newfound awareness and it's very uncomfortable at times because you cannot hide from yourself anymore yeah because your inner child is like exposed so that's why there's like space for certain times where your intention is play and honoring mm-hmm. that and like you're in a space where you trust everyone it's safe you guys set up you know fun games or you know yeah. fun thing and this, it is playful and you go into that and that intention and that is sacred because we need more time to play in our inner child to really just play and be in a really accepting that's, environment. That's medicine in itself. It is. It's so healing. And then there's other times when you're like, there, I have this intention, like there's something specific I want to address or like yeah. whatever. But you do have to, it's still sacred. Even sacred, like play, your intention being to play, like mm-hmm. that is still sacred. Oh, absolutely. And to do it with other people and mm-hmm. like come together in this community and and I mean, stuff still comes up in those sacred yeah. containers of play. You can still cry. You oh know? yeah, because for a lot of people, they haven't reconnected to their child mm. since they were children. Yeah, and so we we forget who we are at our core. And like, yes, there's things that we adapt to, and we have to build defense mechanisms to keep ourselves safe. Um, but I think we get lost in those sometimes Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, we need to come back home to ourselves every once in a while and remember, um, the beauty that is, you know, being a human, Mm -hmm. it's not all hard and difficult. Like society Mm -hmm. wants to make it out to be, you know, So true. and it's always a choice, always a choice. Mm. So, yeah, um. Which can be terrifying. You know, some people want a a dogma or an ideology or a religion or something to tell them, like, this is the formula, follow the formula, and this is where you get at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they don't like the fact. Like, we, we claim that we like our freedom here, especially in this country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we like the illusion of freedom, like that our movement isn't restricted. Like, mm-hmm. we can go where we want to go. We can kind of wear what we want to wear type thing. Yeah. But, like, there isn't – I don't feel like there's, like, a true freedom or liberation of thought You know, because it is so much of, you know, they call um, the U.S. a Christian nation. But like so that means that anything that challenges the traditional Western Christianity, that um, that ideology, like you are divergent, you are Mm -hmm. seen as a threat. You're seen as something like a a, a Jezebel or, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. And so 
Yeah. Innately, we don't have freedom because the moment you start stepping out of that box and challenging even gender norms and binaries of any mm -hmm. sort, even the roles you play at home with your partner, yeah, challenging that. And like I was at work while my ex-husband was at home with the kids. He loved it. And like even that was so much tension with the people around us the minute they would hear about it. <laughs> it's like we had to explain ourselves. And, you know, I think there's so much we don't really have the amount of freedom that we think we have here because yeah. the minute you start pushing any sort of stereotype, like those those boundaries of status quo. It's like you are, people are always ready to push you back into your box. Mm -hmm. And so that's what can be a little bit scary about plant medicine. Cause now you realize kind of like the 3d prison we're sort of living in. <laughs> exactly. And now you have a key of like exploring other things. And you're like, what do I want to do with both? Like have an awareness of multiple things happening at one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do I live now? Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I've asked myself <laughs> so many times. So like what is right? And like, sometimes you, there's just not no, a right answer. No. <laughs> you just have to keep stepping forward. With and integrity and character and heart and love yes, and honesty yes, and love. Yes. Like always staying in a place of love. Like if you're feeling um, that's, that's a recent lesson. I mean, and it's one that I've known for a while, but it's just been very, um, present recently. It's like when ego, when you're feeling like you're alone in something mm. and no one understands you, that is your ego. Mm. If you have, if you're in your heart, if you're coming from a place of love, you understand that we're all human. We all struggle. It's okay to struggle. And it's also okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're going through a hard time or whatever and you just feel like there's no way out of it for you, your ego is playing that game for you. Wow. And um, uh, I just had a conversation with a really good friend recently about, like, who's in your driver's seat, you know, of your life? Who is driving? Is it fear? Is it love? Is it scarcity? Mm -hmm. Like, who is driving your vehicle in right. your life? Right. And, um, yeah, if if there's anything of, like, um, yeah, anything, any ounce of fear in it, like you're, mm -hmm. you're not coming from a place of love. You're getting lost in the sauce. Most likely yeah, yeah, exactly. you're more in your head and not in your body. <laughs> you're not tapping into the things that truly bring you joy, which light you up, which light other people up, yeah. which reverberates out into the world yeah. in a capacity that we don't even fully understand. You, know, and you have to trust the process. So many people of faith, you know, of mm -hmm. a certain faith yeah. or religion, like, the, like there's, it's like such a popular word, but like how many people are truly trusting the process, like have faith in, in a God they cannot see or a source that is bigger than them, bigger than our binaries, bigger than what other people expect from us, but to trust and follow your heart, follow lead in love and trust that whatever falls away is not meant for you. Whatever comes towards you is meant for you and like yeah. hold it with an open hand, trust the process. But it's like so many people who are operating out of fear, like, well, you don't understand because X, Y, Z. And I'm like, mm -hmm. listen, a lot of our greatest spiritual teachers in, in the history of all of time have showed us that like to die is to gain, to lose is to like, yeah. some like mar certain martyrs or certain people who lived in total abject poverty, but like that was their calling and that was their ministry. Or like there's different ways that they have shown us and taught us that like, the thing you fear losing, it's like you have to lose it. Attachment. Then, yeah. It's, Attachment, right? Your, your breakthrough is on the other side of that. And Attachment like, is like the, the number one thing that's keeping you from like freedom or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And there's a saying that's similar to that. I just butchered yeah. it. But no. there's something in like attachment and like letting go of your attachments where you find like ultimate freedom. Yeah. And for some people that's really difficult, especially when your attachment is like 
your family and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's so nuanced, it this is. whole thing. And, um, yeah, I think for me, what's really been helping is do, I've been doing a lot of nervous system work. That. So that's, that's the science behind yeah, the overlap between the, the spiritual and the science is yes, so wonderful. It is. Like I find myself going between like social work, psychology, spiritual, like it's all this all, it all inter- comes together. Intertwined. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, um, yeah, I love, I love having the validation of the <laughs> science, like the nervous system for all the woo stuff that I've kind of like taken on over the last two years. Stuff that I never thought I would delve into or like allow myself to even question. Right. That's another thing um, that I think comes from working with plant medicine is like you allow yourself to question things in a way that you didn't before. It's almost like um, our our society like wants you to just comply. Yeah. And that's what we're taught. Like that's why how how we're taught. It's mass control, which control the mass Mass control. Mm -hmm. Yeah not to get into conspiracy theories or yeah. anything, but I mean, a big way to do that is to promote fear. So mm-hmm. paying attention to what you, what you watch and mm-hmm. what you hear and what you see. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you don't think it's that important, but it's really important. It is. Everything it's, has an impact and yeah, what you focus on, like that's going to be yeah, your words reality. Have energy, everything that yeah. you ingest, everything that you take into your eyes, ears, mouth, yeah. like it all affects what's going on inside of your body, your nervous system, yeah. like just like your digestion and things absorbed into your stomach and your gut, how yeah. they affect your mental health. And then things you're hearing, it really does. We have science to prove that meditations, affirmations, sound frequencies all affect also your mental health, your belief in your ability to carry out your tasks for the day. Like yeah. it's all we, I love that science is more and more affirming what we know about frequencies because frequencies are like frequency healing, sound bowl healing that like that has come off as like woo woo vibes. Like, yeah. Vibes. It's <laughs> vibrations. Vibrations. Yeah, frequency. frequency. Literally and sound frequencies. And I'm like, but do we realize like UV rays and you know, the microwaves and everything is like frequencies, everything's yeah. energy. Our cell phones operate off of it, everything. And yeah. so it's like, but it's the question, like people are like, though, I feel like people are starting to hear it and they're like, oh, that makes sense. But they're so holding tightly to like what they've <laughs> always known. Believe it. And they're like, I mean, because it would shake up their whole existence. I know. And, and darn it. We might just get free. Like we might just build a better world. Yeah. <laughs> we might Could just, you imagine? Can you imagine all of us vibrating on a higher frequency of unconditional love and not fear and then healing the world, healing the earth, literally the earth, not just the world, the people in it, but healing Mother Gaia, the world, the earth, yeah. restoring back to what she was in the time of Eden, if you know, if that if you believe in that. Yeah. And so like just this lush like the earth that provides us everything we've ever needed. Yeah. If we when we stop operating from a place of scarcity, fear, greed, whatever, mm-hmm. more and more and more consumerism destroying the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, getting so far away from plant medicine or even alternative medicine, um, mm-hmm. medicine healing, that type of stuff, like it, it's all, it's all interconnected. Energetic healings. I mean, all of the stuff that, I mean, there's not, so many people just question it because it is in the realm of woo woo, whatever. Yeah. Like if you want to talk about Reiki, which I know yeah. there's not like a whole lot of science behind Reiki, but mm-hmm. there's something to working with a practitioner who's operating at a higher frequency mm-hmm. and just being around that person. Jesus did Reiki. I mean, <laughs> Jesus laid hands on people right. and healed them with the energy coming from his hands, the love, the presence of God, the spirit. And, and like, I Literally. have, I have this idea, concept theory. I don't know that just being around 
another human who's operating at a higher frequency of probably love. Yes, the <laughs> highest one. The highest. Mm-hmm. That like you're going to attune to that frequency. Yeah. I saw a post recently that rang true for me and like really shifted the way that I think about myself and others, especially in a social aspect. Mm-hmm. Um So, and it goes into like our traumas as kids. I mean, you can have the best childhood of your life and you probably endured some sort of like social trauma. Right. And traumatic moments. It shapes how you perceive the world after Mm -hmm. that, especially after the age of seven. And so this is science. I mean, they have science to back this up. Mm -hmm. Um, I have um, beautiful, amazing parents. I love my parents so much. Um, But when we were younger, there were there was four of us mm-hmm. under the age of five. Wow. And my God, they were stressed out. Yeah, and I would be. And so that, what that did was it taught me a level of hypervigilance. Yeah. And what that means is like I'm, you're always in like fight or flight. Where am I safe? Who am I going to cause to get upset? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah, I'm sure parents who listen to this are like, oh, maybe I'm causing this in my kids. Yeah. You don't really know that it's happening because you're so caught up in your frustrations and everything. You don't understand that those kids are feeding off your energy. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeding off of this, like, tension yeah. all the time as a kid. Not all the time, but often. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it caused this level of hypervigilance in me. And what this post shared was, like, a hypervigilance, a, a, a child who becomes hypervigilant in their childhood, it carries into their adulthood And what they'll often do in a crowd of people is they'll tune to the most negative person in the room and that's all they'll focus on. So like for me, for example, I was in this seminar recently. Um, It was like a a nervous system regulation Mm -hmm. workshop. And um, there was one person in my group that just, I could tell, I could feel the energy from her. It's happened to me before. She didn't like me. She didn't like the way that I was like bubbly and all the things. Uh -uh. And like, we even had to do this little exercise where we wrote down um, anonymously how we felt about each person and like, are they safe? Are they unsafe? Do they make your nervous system feel safe or unsafe? And then you also wrote, wrote down like some of their like descriptors and they could be good ones or bad ones. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, one of them was like doormat or masking, mm-hmm. like they're not being mm-hmm. themselves or not authentic right. or like mousy or, you know, right. meek or big and strong and exuberant, you know, so just descriptive words. And, um, yeah, so I like had this one card that had a negative thing on it. I was like, I know it's her. (laughs) I focused on it for three days. Oh no. For three days. I was like, she doesn't like me and I don't. And then I saw that post when I got back from the seminar, I was like, light bulb. Mm. That's what I did. There was 60 people in that seminar and I just focused on that. Pretty much my energy went to that of like, Mm trying to like figure yeah. out what the dynamic was yeah because you kind of want to fix it and you like you don't yeah. like when that person's unhappy because yeah. you've been taught as a child to like make everybody happy yeah like, well that's where you find safety yeah. and so like that level of awareness that I was able to bring to that and see that pattern and mm. so yeah just like knowing how you're showing up in the world and why you're showing up that way there's a lot of um undoing and repatterning that we can all benefit from. Mm -hmm. We can all benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So um, 
just doing doing these different things in in groups to kind of go back to what we were yeah. talking about earlier is revealing on its own. Mm. You know, with with or without plant medicine. Right. <laughs> if you can come in with a level of awareness and consciousness yeah, and consciousness. integrity, yep. then you can shift so much in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it can be really scary at times, but I mean, you have to ask yourself, like, what do you, what are you wanting? Mm-hmm. What do you want out of this mm-hmm. life? You really got to know that. And you've got to, because like, the universe won't start bringing it to you until you really decide you on what you want. You have to get really clear. And then when you do get clear, we've had this conversation mm-hmm. before, <laughs> it'll bring things into your life that ask you to get even more clear. Yeah. And it feels like everything's going upside down for a minute, but really it's just, it needs more, you need more clarity. So, so here's, true. here's like, are you really committed? You yeah, really in it? You yeah, really want it? Exactly. So like for me, it was me thinking about getting out of the medical aesthetics industry mm-hmm. and then my laser broke. <laughs> so I had to make a choice. Am I going to repair it mm. or am I going to let it go? Yeah. And go down this new path and go down this Cause new you want to be, you were talking about possibly becoming an integration coach, right? Yes. And I think I still want to do that. I just, I don't want to limit myself to just that. Not just one thing. Not just one thing. And that's why I like coaching. I'm not, I I go back and forth on it. Like, and maybe this is where I need to, you know, gain some knowledge and Mm -hmm. um, maybe dig a little deeper into what's, what's my pattern, what my pattern is around like why I have this hold up on like what coaching is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think because I want to offer so much, but I also want to be really specific. Yeah. And so it's like, what part of coaching do I want to dive into? Do I want to work in somatics mm-hmm. or do I want to do more of like integration coaching? Mm-hmm. Somatics like, can be used in integration though. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it can all, it can all, it all be integral. Integral. <laughs> <laughs> it can all be worked together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, what I've learned with the titles, like even with life coach, that can mean so many things. It doesn't even, some people call themselves a life coach. They're not even credentialed. They've never been trained. And I think that's part of, I think that maybe plays into it too, is like the credentialing thing. What's more important, even if you have credentials and you pay $10,000 for your credentials, um, (laughs) you, what really, that doesn't guarantee you anything. Cause I know people who have no credentials in coaching, but they have like such good experience in the field in which they coach that it really just matters their experience, how they've helped others, like the proof that they can show, like just knowing what you want to do, being very clear, who you want to work with, who your target population is, or what you want to offer. Like really it's the the coaching title is like an umbrella term. Mm -hmm. Um, It just means that you're helping guide people. I very much feel that. And I think that's why I have this hold up is like, I know that I want to I know that I want to help people. I just don't know like at what level, what capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you figure that and it'll change. Coaching you'll goes. say like, okay, I'm ready to start out and this is what I want to offer. And then you'll have a couple of clients and you're like, actually, I love doing this with them. Maybe I'm going to narrow it to this. Yeah. And then the one person will be like, I really wish you did this. And you're like, that sounds really cool. Actually, I think I would like, so it's, I think the hang up is us thinking that we have to have it like solidified when we first start. Yeah. That is the hang up is like feeling prepared, feeling like we have like, total clarity when really it ebbs and flows anyway. So it's like, as soon as you can start 
operating in your giftings with people, it like figures itself out. Mm. It's like, cause the more I sat back and tried to define like who I am or what I am as a life coach, I would still be sitting there, you know, instead I was just like, well, I'm going to just communicate like who I am, what my experiences have been, what I feel like my skills are, what unique things, like who, like I love working with neurodivergent people. I love working with queer folks. Mm -hmm. I love working with other women who had, um, like a lot of mother wound healing that mm. needed to happen specifically. Yes. So I knew, I, I was like, okay, I can carve out these niches. And then this is how I feel like these are also skills, like strategic planning mm-hmm. and um, just like goal setting. And so like certain skills. And so I just put that out there. Like if you need help with this and you're this kind of person who's had this kind of experience, you know, then we can work together. And so that's when it just started popping was like, people, the algorithms picked it up on people who were also queer, neurodivergent, <laughs> like whatever. It's crazy and I'm like, so what do you want to work with? And so they like, cause then they come and they're like, well, this is what, you know, what their coaching request is, is like you, they, it's actually up to them, which is great. Cause you put the power in their hands for them to decide like what I really want to get out of this session mm-hmm. or what I want to get out of this relationship with, with or this coaching relationship is this. And then you get to decide if that's something within your own boundaries, if you feel good about it, if not. So it's like, Kind of coming up with a title or a persona or an image from the onset slows so many people down. Yeah. It's just do be you. Do you get the word out about who you are, what your experiences are, what yeah. you love, what gives you passion, what you love to do, and then the people will just come. Yeah. I feel like I'm right on the precipice of that. I've been definitely in what one would consider a winter. Yeah. I've been integrating Literally for winter. sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um but yeah, I've been integrating all that I've learned because it's it's just been so much mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. Like you have, and I was trying to go 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 the whole time. I was should have been integrating, mm-hmm. and that's another thing that our society frowns upon is like stopping, slow down, winter. Mm-hmm. If you um, look into like uh, like places in like. Uh, where am I thinking? Like Iceland and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, people start preparing for their winter mm-hmm. in like July or August. Mm-hmm. And what that means, like how you can um, kind of translate that into like a spiritual tense or whatever is like you're going to have highs and lows no matter yeah. what. You cannot avoid, and that comes back to this dualistic world that we live in mm-hmm. and the balance that we have. You're going to ride these really high highs sometimes, and then there's going to be drops off, yeah. drop-offs, and there's going to be lulls, mm-hmm. and they're, they're equally you need both of, of importance. Yeah. Yes, because you cannot have one without the other. And if you try to reject one, most of the time the winter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to end up staying in it longer. Mm. And that's what I've just learned is like the more I try to reject like the just full amount of surrender <laughs> that I needed to just go into honestly like a state of messiness, sloppiness, uncertainty, and yeah, just not sure where my life was headed. Yeah. Because so much was shaken up in such a short amount of time, I needed to go into that to pull myself out of it for one, but to get really clear on what it is I wanted. And so definitely I've been in this like wintering since, especially since um, I got out of lasering and all of that. So it gave me the space for it. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful gift, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It sounds like the, the lows, like whenever you were talking, all I heard was like, when you said like messy, sloppy, it's a willingness to look like a failure. Yeah. 
Because when we let things fall apart, our family, we get a divorce or we switch jobs or we leave a church or blah, 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 blah. Like we stop doing laser. We let go of a business. Like yeah. we have such a fear of failure or even just appearing to be a failure to whomever that it's like we are unwilling to look like a fail. Like, like we fail. Like we yeah. messed up. Like, like we didn't have it all together. It yeah. was like... It's so simple, but it's so damn hard because of our ego. It's so hard. Ego, yeah. And, I mean, even going through plant medicine, I could not let go of that. Like, I mean, it was really hard, especially when, you, when you're um, in a relationship with somebody and so they're always reflecting back to you, mm -hmm. like, your insecurities mm -hmm. because they see you in the most, like, messy state of your yeah. life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it just had me questioning you know, what I was doing and if it was right or okay. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I let that go, it seemed like I was, I had this amount of clarity that I hadn't had. And it was just like, oh. Because there is no right or wrong. There is no, am I doing this, this right? Bad. Am I doing this wrong? You're just doing it. I'm just doing it. And yeah. I'm just being human. You're flowing. You're in flow. I was in flow. And that's what I needed to do to, you know, go further into flow, honestly, yeah. Yeah. because I mean, you're going to have those lows. You have to, and one where you get where the mastery comes, where you mm -hmm. turn it into an art form mm -hmm. is when you start to anticipate the lows and prepare for them when you're in a state. I mean, this is so important for women too. Mm -hmm. I've gotten really into like, um, cycle education yes. <laughs> because it's so impactful for us as women to know like where we're at and why we're feeling certain emotions mm -hmm. during a certain phase of our cycle. Mm -hmm. It, there are heavy correlations in this mm -hmm. and talk about science. Yeah. There's so much science to this. Yeah. Um, but it's something we're not taught in this for some reason in this it gives country. Us power. It gives right. us power to know our own bodies and ourselves. Right. I'm like, why are we not taught this from mm. like a young There's age? There's a lot that we're not taught from a young age. But just speaking in the terms of being a woman and like preparing for your winter, like, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in your ovulatory phase, mm -hmm. like you're at your highest functioning phase, yeah. your, your testosterone's higher, mm -hmm. you have a higher mental clarity, more energy, you have the ability to put on more muscle mass during that phase. Nice. Like, I mean, there's so much, um, benefit to that phase. Yeah. You want to maximize that potential. Yes. Go lift heavy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Go to the gym. Yeah. But also knowing yeah. that luteal is coming, yep. <laughs> things are about to happen. And mm -hmm. what that phase is really beneficial for is introspection and rest and rest. And what comes with rest is, you know, more clarity and healing. you get to set goals. You get to sit and set goals and take space for your goals and prepare for taking action. I love that. And so that's something that's been really, um, present for me is like, you can take that little, like take it from your cycle education and you can reverberate that outward yeah. into your life of like, okay, there's different seasons mm -hmm. um, to our lives. You know, there's going to be times when we're on top of the world yeah. and we are making a lot of money. Um, lots of new things are coming in for us. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be times where you feel like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> like, yeah. what did I do wrong? Why is everything Heard. wrong for me right <laughs> now? Nothing seems to be clicking. And that's when it's asking you to go even further into your winter right. and just surrender to it mm -hmm. and just allow it. And Let everything fall away. All the leaves to fall off the trees, yes. to fall to the ground and die. And the yes. seed, the seed has to fall to the ground and die. Like, yeah, we resist it so much, but it's an integration period. It's asking, I mean, like, 
you don't just have to have plant medicine to need integration. Mm -mm. You are a human. You're experiencing this life. It's happening. All of its lessons, every minute, hour, day, (laughs) week, month, year, you're learning so many lessons. Mm -hmm. If you're not integrating them, like you're... What are you doing? They'll keep revisiting you. You'll have, you'll face the same thing over and over again. If you're not learning it and integrating it, you're going to come back around to the same problem, the same stuck point, same tension until you get through it. This is where tracking your patterns Mm -hmm. (laughs) really helps, even though it can be very confronting for a person to like Mm. pay that much attention to themselves. But to track your patterns of like the things that keep happening to you with different people even, Mm. that's a reflection of our inner world and things that we have so much more control over than what we are led to believe. If we were to focus, this goes back. I mean, it's all within us. Yeah. If we can master ourselves Mm -hmm. and yeah, the alchemy of- To know thyself. Yes. And well, and it's just, I mean- it's, it's awareness. It is. But so many, like I've had issues before in relationships or friendships or whatever, where people would say, um, for the, for me, because I'm a macro lens person, like when it comes to like social worker, I see systemic issues, like from a broad lens, I see how everything's connected. And so even when it came down to relational issues or whatever, I would always look at patterns. I've just always been, that's how my brain works. I want to see like how, what's this pattern and how can we change it? Mm -hmm. And, but people would say like, Oh, you're just stuck in the past. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm not, I want to review it and look over it and see what it's taught and like what the patterns are. But the whole point is to assess the past so that you can build for the future. But I think a lot of people are running from the past. There's a lot of pain there that they've been unwilling to confront a lot of unhealed trauma, um, repressed feelings, things like they need safe spaces. That's why you need spaces. Even if it's not plant medicine, you need a space to like that to come up and address it and assess it and everything because you can't like living in the past is one thing when you're literally reliving it over and over again and you're addicted to your pain dwelling yeah yeah, dwelling on it letting it control you but if you're sitting down just to assess like hey this is you know like logically you know writing it down or whatever um so that it can be a launch pad moving forward like that's a good thing that's not living in the past yeah you you have to surrender to it a little bit and and something that um that i had to learn kind of the, the hard way was um that, you know, if you're, if you are finding yourself getting stuck in the past or like really dwelling on something, it's usually because you have some sort of addiction to the drama of it. Yeah, the pain body. The pain. We're addicted to pain. Absolutely. And that's really hard Ooh, to admit. Yes. Because you're like, no, I'm a happy person. I'm happy. I'm optimistic. And I want good things <laughs> yeah. for myself and for the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you keep going to these like negative patterns and, you know, really dwelling on yep. them? Pa- like you said, patterns with people, the oh same patterns gosh. with people. It's because you're addicted. You're so uncomfortable in a state of not pain that you will recreate the same scenarios and repeat the same patterns. And that goes for, you mentioned this earlier about people who are kind of chasing with plant medicine. They yeah. keep doing it because they it's almost like they want to keep digging up their, yes. their trauma, the same trauma, yes. and then not work through it. But and let's dig it up it. again. Yes. So it's, it's, again, it's like this addiction to drama and to pain it's that pain. 
It's just the highs and lows because, and that goes back to science, because our nervous system was comfortable comfortable there because as as a child, in some way, shape or form, the highs and lows, the the fight, flight, freeze or fawn, that was a state that you probably spent a lot of time in. Your nervous system is comfortable there. It's familiar. And so being at a regulated place in your nervous system is like unfamiliar. It's scary because your body is hardwired for survival. It's not hardwired for thriving. Your nervous system is trying to keep you alive. So anything that's unfamiliar calmness you're like you, you your your nervous system is like a like a sensing a lion like oh <laughs> yes. something's coming your anxiety's like uh, the shoe's gonna drop because yes. yes in like back when you were living out in the jungle and so then before yeah. you know evolution everything like we our nervous system is built for that to to sense like some sort of danger in this like quietness and safety but that's regulating your nervous system and setting the proper boundaries where you truly are safe you can trust yourself you can trust your boundaries trust the people you have around you um like and then you'll be okay if something if something quote unquote bad happens you have coping skills you have people to turn to you can you can manage it and so it's like the more you build those boundaries and healthy habits and everything else mm-hmm. your, your structure your infrastructure like the more you can relax into ease and not fight or flight right and not drama and you right. start to enjoy the peace and yeah and not want the, and not the, the, seek the, that your heart beating and you're getting hot and the drama yeah. like no that's not that's not comfortable anymore yeah but it, i had to face it i, had to, I was addicted to yeah mm-hmm. yeah that and, was and then like the even more uncomfortable is when you are you know that you're addicted to it so it's not good anymore like right. you don't get the dopamine <laughs> hit from it anymore yeah but you're not quite mm-hmm. trained on how to get your nervous system to regulate <laughs> So you're just in this like <laughs> weird limbo area of kind of like self-made misery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, at the same I time. feel like I should be doing something positive right now. I'm not doing something negative. I'm not going back <laughs> into that old habit, but then I haven't quite yet. What is this new like life yeah. look for me? I saw I I love Instagram reels and like I think it's so funny. I used to avoid Instagram reels for a long time because they were so I, I just I guess I wasn't on them enough mm-hmm. for the algorithm to like mm-hmm. pick up on what I enjoy. Yeah. And so finally slowly it's like given me oh, all good. of these like juicy little nuggets yes. of yeah, just goodness. But there was this one, uh, this reel that I saw the other day and it was this girl, she's like, I'm like in this weird phase where the old me isn't comfortable for me to be in anymore because I know like it, it wasn't healthy for me, but I'm not even, I'm not comfortable in this new version of me yet. So to be this new me is really scary. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to really be her because I haven't been her for very long. So I can't <laughs> go back to the old me because that mm-hmm. me is dead. Yeah. And she's like, so I'm just, just sitting here. I'm just here. Don't really know what to do with myself or my hands or whatever. My hands, what I do with my hands? Literally, <laughs> yeah. it is that basic. You're it like, so funny, do though. I read a book? Do I take some vitamins? Do I drink some water? It was so funny. And it just reminded me of like, we're all human and, Mm. and we get to be new. Mm -hmm. We get to be beginners. That's another huge lesson is like, you get to be a beginner. And that means that you don't have all the information. You don't have everything in order. And that's okay because you're taking the step. And that's bigger than being perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. And hilarious enough is that we've almost reached the end of the podcast. And normally I start out with an icebreaker. And so I can, <laughs> but I can come like, let us get to know you. But like, I feel like you have been so wonderfully open with us already. And so <laughs> it's not an icebreaker. It's just something I'm curious about because it's a cute sure. little question. If there was one memory that you would not ever want to let go of, like one memory you want to hold on to <clears throat> forever, what memory would it be? Definitely a childhood memory. I would say probably, um, oh, it's hard to pick one, but I would say any one that I have with like my best friends growing up where we're just laughing so hysterically that our stomachs hurt, our eyes are watering and like we can't get out of that like <laughs> like intoxicating yes. laughter yes. where we're just kind of like laugh. One person stops, but then the other person can't. So no, they it's start the again. It's yes. the best. And I have so many like that, but I have one right now that's just like coming to mind. And it's I'm pretty sure I still have a picture of us. And it's like my three best friends from growing up. I, they're still like my sisters to this day. And, um, for some reason we're all upstairs and my brothers, like they have like this upstairs loft area oh, that's so cool. and, um, we're all up there. We, we like to go up there because there was all the cool stuff. They had like airplane chairs that you played video games in. They just had a really cool space. Yeah. So me and my friends would always invade their space and <laughs> we were up there and we were just giggling and laughing so hard. And we were, we, someone had a digital camera up there and we were all taking pictures that's being so silly. Yeah. I think we were in like probably the fifth or sixth grade the best yeah right before things got really awkward and hard for girls yeah, middle middle school <laughs> is when it gets awkward 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 yeah for sure for <laughs> sure but yeah definitely those like deep belly laughs yeah that we i feel like become more and more rare as we get yeah. become adults it's so true because yeah. of our inhibitions and like overthinking and then not wanting to look stupid or whatever it is that like we're so much more free as kids to just be goofy yeah and I love those friendships that like I still have one especially with my friend Gloria that we are just goofy together and we like recent within the last year there was one of those where it was contagious and we just kept going back and forth and it was like (laughs) I can still remember the picture in my mind. And I'm like, yeah, those are those things. That is like a moment in time that you just want to freeze because it's so innocent and so it's like blissful, you know. It is bliss. Oh, I love the bliss. Yes, I love the bliss. Yeah. But another question I have for you is because the main question I ask folks is like what's a breakup you've gone through that's like shifted your life? And like you told me your whole thing like with the religious questions you've had to ask yourself and the just frame of reference of like viewing trauma and relationships and everything. Um, yeah, it was a breakup with myself. (laughs) Honestly, the self that was created that I allowed the world to create and that Mm -hmm. I did not create. Yeah. So I had a breakup with her and it's really hard because there are some really like amazing things about her. Yeah. And that's what, that's the integration is like, I get to pick and choose what I want to bring with this new self. Yes. You're not abandoning. I think I was afraid of stepping into my new self because it at first it would have felt like abandoning my mm-hmm. old like my inner child it's very scary so first you do have to sit with because a lot of people try to force like this new identity or this new maturity or whatever it is in mm-hmm. their life and then they walk around with a lot of unhealed wounds and they're mm-hmm. bleeding out all over people all over but and I never wanted to do that and so I knew there was something missing and so when I finally started working on like inner child healing and mother wound healing and everything that mm-hmm. was me sitting with my inner child making space for her and all 
her grief, all her pain, her anger, which is rooted in grief yeah. and um, making space for all of that, being willing to ugly cry on the kitchen floor, you know, <laughs> yeah. being, look, being willing to look crazy and like Be who the hell was looking. It. Yeah. No one was even watching me, but somehow I always felt like I had eyes on me and it was just like my own ego, my own. Let yourself p- witness you yeah, in it. Yeah. Just you be there for yourself and hold like, I was like, no one else is watching me so I can just be here for myself. You don't have to judge yourself. No, you don't you have to can judge just yourself. Be. Just be human. It's allowed. And it was so healing to just finally, to what other people may have walked in and been like, oh my God, she's losing it. And me being like, this is part, you have to lose it. You have to let it all fall apart. And I think a lot of people got forced into institutions or, you know, they call it the crazy house back in the day because people who were just, they couldn't play the part anymore. They could, they were trying to wrestle with a lot of these things, but society didn't make space for it. Right. And so they did have to turn to substances or abuse things or, or they just didn't give a shit anymore. And they were going through the process and people were just like, throw them away, lock the key. Yeah. And so like, because there's not space for grief mm-hmm. and sorrow in mm-hmm. this world. No, we're so afraid of like a mental breakdown. And I'm like, that's a breakthrough. Yeah. (laughs) Like, let's be willing to do that. On the other side of that grief is something really beautiful. It's a reclamation. And there's something so um, uh, just like strengthening Mm -hmm. and reclaiming different parts of yourself. But you have to go through this grief process. You have to. And that's you're letting something go. And the greatest lie that we've been told the greatest lie, one of them, is that especially like with men's mental health and men and like the sacred feminine and divine feminine and masculine, everything is that like tears and vulnerability and crying is weakness. I'm like, that is the strongest thing, the bravest thing you can ever do oh, yeah. is to fully let yourself feel and mm-hmm. to like lose it all, leave it all on the floor. And knowing that like on the other side of that, you you do find a strength. You do find a new clarity, a new vision for who you are, who you want to be. You don't let anybody else tell you anymore. And I think we've been trapped. Like so many of us have been held back from our fullest potential because we are so afraid of that breakdown. Like yeah. we're never gonna. Like we're we're just gonna lose our minds. Well, I think we think that we have to question ourselves and. Um, One of the things that you have to do a delicate dance with in any sort of like bringing more self-awareness to your person, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, whether you're working with plant medicine or not, is that sometimes you can get lost in the work of it. Like it's work and you have to get better. Mm -hmm. No, there is a level of self-acceptance where you're like, this is just who I am right now and it's okay and it's safe for me to be here. Mm. And if you feel like you need to just have a mental breakdown like literally just ball your eyes out you don't have to question why no just your body it. just sometimes needs to let release that energy you yeah release it don't question it don't judge it we yeah. judge ourselves yes so much yeah just let yourself be in your mess and then pick yourself back up yeah it can be that simple it really can be yeah i mean the shower hot bath is like an amazing place to just like let the tears roll yeah (laughs) honestly i i found like i've worked with a few people like as clients and there's something within each of them Mm -hmm. it's something in water water and i sit in the bathtub for hours at a time yeah if you're going through like an emotional Mm -hmm. you know um trial whatever Mm Um, yeah, shower or bath is yeah. amazing to, and just allow the release and then you don't have to question it. Yeah. You don't have to judge yourself for it. Don't judge just it. wash it away like you yeah. do it. There's <laughs> like, else. there's like self-awareness and then there's like judging and hyper-analyzing yourself. Like there's a yeah. difference between you can get trying stuck. to fix your, like, like you said, people sometimes 
instead of just being like, this is who I am right now, I'm going to integrate what I'm learning, accept the parts of me that are light and shadow and just keep it moving yeah. and keep pursuing my passions, keep loving on people. And like the changes will come that like, as you're aware, like it'll come mm -hmm. up because some people think that they have to be totally healed, which never really happens on this side. No. Um, you have to be totally healed to, to do the good work you're called to. You have to be totally healed to be in a healthy relationship or to be like to start that thing that you want to do. Like, that's the lie. It's a and lie. that's what's keeping people small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we did a burn ceremony, me and my bestie, yeah. for New Year's Eve. And we were right down, like, what do you want to leave in 2023? And like, uh -huh. let's burn it. And normally I'm full of words. I have lots to write and say. <laughs> yeah. And she's like just straight to the point. <laughs> and somehow... <laughs> I, her paper, she wrote down a good amount of things and she looks at mine and it says, giving a fuck. <laughs> and she's like, what do you yes. want to leave in 2020? I said, giving a fuck. Yes. Because I was like, you would think, like people probably already think hope pushes the envelope and blah, blah, blah. And she already, <laughs> but y'all don't really, I still be giving too much of a fuck. Yeah. I still do. And I realized that where I'm like, 2024 is a year where I stop because it's exhausting so much of my energy mm -hmm. and holding me back. And I was like, because no matter, you can take the high road, you can have impeccable character and integrity. And some people are going to interpret your actions however they want to through their lens and their own pain, their own whatever yeah. they're going to project. And so I, I realized that for so long, I tried to have this like superior, like this exquisite, like, like clean, squeaky clean character, integrity. Like I was mm -hmm. brutally honest, transparent, yeah. everything. I was like to a fault because mm -hmm. I was like, well, then that protected me. That was my ego uh -huh. saying, well, then no one can ever question you, your integrity question, your like hopes down for it, for the cause. She is who she says she is because even no matter how much sacrifice, no much, no matter what I did, there are still going to be people who, because of their own interpretation of things and their own needs, wants, agendas, whatever, they can still twist your stuff up. So you might as well just be who you are Yeah, and like, take care of yourself. It's <laughs> a, it's, it's, it's so challenging to do. Mm -hmm. Especially in this world where all eyes are always on you. I mean, social media. Yeah. And I mean, you you have no idea who's perceiving you. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. I hate being perceived. I'm a Pisces. We we. I want to vomit <laughs> when I think about the fact that people can perceive me. Like right? they have opinions about me. Ooh. I hate it. Yeah. I don't want people to have. Just don't think about just me. Don't, don't have an opinion about, about me. me. <laughs> don't. I mean, like I get. I get like when people are like, oh, we were talking about you. And I was like, ugh, don't. They're like, no, it was good. And I was like, ugh. I don't want to know. Don't talk about yeah. it. I don't want to be perceived because I because I think as a child, I always felt perpetually misunderstood mm. and misjudged, mischaracterized because people couldn't put me in a box. They still can't. Yeah. I can't remember. So then I always thought like it's always going to be negative. It's always going to be there. You know, it's not going to be Ooh. good. And so I don't want to be perceived because and then my friends tell me I'm like, what they said about me. They're like, no, it was good. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, they love you. And I was like, they love me? They're they like, love they me? They love oh me. They're gosh. like, oh, why wouldn't they? And I was like, I don't know. Like, but I just automatically assume that when people talk about me, it's not good. And I'm like, well, Hope, you might as well go out and live. You, you know, like the girls who post like, I love sacred sensuality. I love mm -hmm. girls who do work around sensuality and sexuality and everything. And I'm like, I love that. I want to do, do that. You follow Lucy Lamp. No, but oh I need God, to. follow her. She's like, so good. I want to do that stuff. Like, I feel so, like, masculine, feminine energy, sacred, feminine, all that. And I've shied away from it because of my background in church and everything mm -hmm. and yeah. sexual purity culture and all that. And as a divorced woman who was once married and people all perceive me still 
as kind of like attached to that identity. Mm. And I'm like, 2024 needs to be the year where if I'm afraid, I'm like, oh, well, they still see me as that. I'm like, hope maybe you still see you as that. Yeah. Maybe it's you Ooh. that is still like, that's what I've on always admired about you is like the level of self-awareness that you have. And yeah. like that, I think that's why we connected so like quickly. I was like, oh yeah, she's, she's yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, she's online. Yes. <laughs> AOL dial up. Look at Yes. But it's true. Cause I'm like, it's maybe it's me. Cause, cause I do have, um, you know, a background where, cause I was like, well, people just see me as this, or they just see me as like, you know, Naza's wife. And then, uh, Ezra Nestor's mom, or they see, I'm like, hope maybe people are mirrors. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's you, maybe yeah. it's you that's afraid to see yourself as this like embodied sensual person who doesn't fit in a box. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I've got to, you know, I, I follow celebrities who they're doing the thing, they're kicking ass and they have haters and they have people who love them. And I was like, that person, this gorgeous woman, mm. flawless, everything, but she still got haters. Yeah. Well, then you know what? What What am I waiting for? Right. <laughs> like, right. And honestly, like you said, like it's everyone's a reflection. So mm-hmm. if you really focus on how you want to see you, mm. then that's, those are the people that you're going to magnetize the ones that see you that way already. That's so true. And so that's something that I've noticed in my life over the last year that has radically shifted is that, you know, I really wanted to be this like more enlightened version of myself, but I didn't believe that I was. <gasps> I didn't believe that I was. And now I have this beautiful community of people that I'm still like, why do they think of me this way? (laughs) (laughs) Like I have something important to say or like I have an opinion or, you know, a valid opinion. And it's I mean, it's still a shock to the ego. Yeah, it's still because it wants to keep me. It wants to keep me separate, small, separate. separate. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's threat in other people. Yeah, being seen, like being a light, being a bright light, like you being seen. We we kind of know it makes you a target. It can make it can feel very unsafe. Yeah, being out. And like, that's on a, that's one of the things I'm working through right now. And um, I do. A, I'm part of a women's group right now called Awaken the Muse with Alexi Panos mm-hmm. and um, Emily Gallagher, and um, they're they're big in like the spiritual. Um, kind of bridging spiritual and nervous system work. So somatics and, um, yeah, that's it is like being a light, a bright light, especially being a woman Mm -hmm. in this world around other women where you so often we want to dim ourselves to make the one, not be a target, but you don't want to make someone else feel bad. Mm -mm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, we do that as women. Mm -hmm. If you see someone kind of down and you're in a really good mood, you don't want to be in a good mood because you don't want to make them feel bad about their bad mood. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we have, why is it all dependent on mm-hmm. one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And so being able to be your bright light and like your highest self and just radiate outwards yeah. and you be the reason that other people are uplifted instead of them being the reason that you've dimmed your light. Gosh, yes. Yeah. So, and I it takes that. a lot of practice. It's a lot of nervous system regulation. It is because we, our survival from childhood was to meet our parents, like where they were at, like to drop down into that low vibration, I guess, because, Absolutely. because that was safer. Yeah. That was safer. You, you didn't want to be upset. Happy that, and, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, like I'm staying down here. Okay, not, <laughs> not not rocking the boat. You can't be hyper or whatever. You gotta yeah, yeah not rocking no, the boat. But we're we're not serving anyone's highest good by doing that, and we know that now. Yeah, there's a lot more awareness to that now, yeah. and you know, there's so much work being done, and I know uh, it happens. I think it happens like this all the time, where 
when things really start to shift for the better, you see a shakeup and a lot of nastiness comes out of the mix. Yeah. And it's hard. That's where, that's again, that choice. Are you going to focus on this nastiness or are you going to keep moving towards love and light? Mm. And like everything that's happening in the world right now, not to say like you shouldn't pay attention to it and like be aware of what's going on, but I mean, where is it putting you in your heart? Are yeah. you are you being consumed by the grief and sadness yeah. and darkness of everything? And you've got to do the things that you do are daily you a, to protect your energy. Are you attuning to the negativity? Are you staying positive? Yeah. Are you being the hypervigilant, you know, child that's mm-hmm. attuning to the most um, um, threatening person in the room? Right. Or are you staying in your light? Yeah, because you can still stay in your light while also speaking truth and while also bringing attention to injustice and, like, calling people to do something. But, like, your energy, you have to do that from a place where your cup is already full. Mm -hmm. Like, you are at peace. You're not striving. You're not chasing. You're not coming from a place of scarcity or fear or lack. But that, like, if you feel called to say something, like, make sure it's from a a healthy place because or else you'll transfer that energy onto other people. Right. That fear-based energy. Yeah, absolutely. We're not doing anybody any favors by just making them more anxious. Yeah. It's like, let's talk about like, how can we in love? Like, what can we do? Yeah. Cause you know, I'm a social worker. So like social justice issues are always on the top. Like I'm, yeah. st- I'm seeing a lot on my feed oh, I bet. and like just having to practice my own, like whatever rituals or practices to keep myself regulated and then still take on what I can, like knowing what your capacity is without it affecting you negatively. It's like, I have to know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to know how much I can read or how much I can share or would like what my limitations are because I am an empath. You can and get lost so, in the sauce mm-hmm. for and sure. And it can affect me. And so, um, and not letting anybody shame me because I'm not on the front lines anymore doing like justice work like out in the streets but I realized that that there's no longevity in that for me I'm an empath and a feeler and a healer and and if I'm out there sensory overload like grief anger and all that 24 7 I'm really like I'm gonna burn out and it's not sustainable and I'm gonna lose my damn mind there's also like I think a a level of like control Mm -hmm. that is in that field Mm -hmm. of like you know, a lot of people get burnt out because they're like trying so hard to make a positive impact. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so much mm-hmm. that you don't have control over. Right. And if it's burning you out, then you're, there's something saying like yeah. you're not releasing the control. Yeah. You know, we in all this have our aspect. own little, because we do, like some people will try to take on the whole world. Yeah. Try to do it all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my message these days is like, if we all take on a little, like if we all do our part, right. we make big impact. Which is where I'm at now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't have to be this perfect person mm-hmm. to help other people. It's yep. just showing up mm-hmm. in my light as often as I can mm-hmm. and doing the things to protect that mm-hmm. um, daily, you yeah, know. We all, and then that's what you teach other people because I can't, what I can't, I noticed that being a social worker and being the person who was trying to help be part of the solution of all the things. People saw my example and they're like, I can't do that, Hope. And I'm like, no, 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 but just do a little. Like if you do a yeah. little, but then they were looking at me being like, well, if I can't do what Hope does, then I can't do anything. And I'm like, no. So now so I'm like, common. I'm like, no, I just felt that do way a little before. bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like, what? who am I? Yeah. Who am I to make any sort of impact in this world? Yeah. 
And I mean, that's a product of our yeah. society again. Yeah, it's a saviorism. It's like we have to be the savior. No, all you have to do is be a conscious human being who operates in love on the highest frequency and doing your part to spread that. And so you will impact yeah. other people. If like you're in a field where there's a lot of people who operate in like this fear, like greed and they're money hungry or they're controlling and they're whatever, you being who you are around whenever you come into contact with them, it's going to rub off. Like just being love, just doing that. You, cause you can't, you can't force people who are operating at lower frequencies to change. Mm -mm. All you can do is inspire them. Yeah, you know, and, exactly. and show them a better way. And yeah. so, yeah, it is control. It it absolutely is yeah. grasping at control. And um, I think that's where a lot of people who have like really positive intentions. That's where yeah. they not mess up, but that's where they get lost in it a mm -hmm. little bit. And I mean, I'm guilty of that too. Same. And then you're just like, well. I just can't yeah. do anything, yeah. you know, and you're at this place of defeat. But yeah, I think the key is to always try do your best mm -hmm. to come back to that place, mm -hmm. to come back to that place of like wholeness of knowing like everything's going to be fine. You know, yeah. I can only, yourself. I can only do what I can do mm -hmm. and I'm not going to save the world just by myself or save yeah. this person by myself. By Every, exhausting your, by, by martyring your, like you yeah. exhausting and expending everything you got is not the answer. Yeah. And that's, that's a, I think that comes from our like, uh, productivity worthiness, mm -hmm. like the worthiness that we wrap into like the level of productivity that yep. we have. Yep. And that's a cultural thing for Fair, sure. Yeah. It's Definitely. Very, it's very tied into like white supremacy culture is like hyper productivity, hyper like capitalism, consumerism, yes. yeah. instead of just like enjoying the moment, like t trusting the process and everything. If you've never um, Google white supremacy culture, it's not what you think it is. Like it's, <laughs> it's something that you won't even realize that um, there are ways that the U.S. <laughs> operates and other places we've colonized that it's white supremacy culture, meaning that it's like very Eurocentric, like the way that traditionally our most white folks do things and how it's been like, well, this is the standard in academia, in mm -hmm. schools, in the business place, in the workplace, um, like having one right answer yeah. or um, quantity over quality yeah. or hyperproductivity, like not respecting rest. Like those things actually come from that U.S. like American, like consumer, this prof profit over people. Yes. Um, and so it's what's happening it, in our healthcare system. Yeah. And that's why other cultures do life a little different and they operate on a different kind of time mm -hmm. and they operate maybe, maybe slower, maybe just more intentionality behind conversations or whatever. And then in academia, for example, that's, that's, that's where I felt like even as a Cajun girl, mm -hmm. like, cause we operate very differently than like typical white, white culture, like Eurocentric. It's like, we, I was always late because like, I love the conversations. I love the moment, <laughs> whatever. And so it was like, even me still as an Anglo, you know, fair skinned woman, I still struggled. And so I was like, how do my black and brown friends feel in academia mm. or in the workplace where everything is very white, like white supremacy culture. It's that culture, um, where I literally was told, hope, I just need a paper on time. I don't care what the quality of it. I just need a grade. And I'm mm. like, I'm trying to give you a 
a well thought out, good yeah. quality, my work, you know? Yeah. And they were like, no, I just need something. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel integrity. And like, for no. me, it doesn't feel aligned. So I understand yeah. that like academia can be in the corporations and all that world can be very hard for people who aren't, who haven't grown up in white culture their whole life yeah. or they've been forced into it their whole life. Yeah. And, um, I just have like a respect for like going back to traditional like medicine and indigenous yeah. medicine, indigenous practices, yes. and, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there was even a part of me that questioned, like, am I allowed to do this because I am white? Mm -hmm. You know, am I al allowed to participate in this because I am? Like, there was that question. Yeah. It's and very valid. I'm glad that you have that awareness because some people don't even think twice about it. Oh. And they just, like, appropriate without honoring. I talked with the facilitators for, uh, I think it was, like, two weeks prior, and that was one of the things that came up. It's like, I don't, like, I feel like, is this cultural appropriation? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on here? And, mm -hmm. um the um, Sam Gibbs Morris is um, the male counterpart to the duo that I... Um, the conscious mother? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, they don't serve together anymore. But whenever I received, they were serving together. Mm -hmm. And um, he did his training. I mean, I, I can't remember where it was, but I mean, he was in the jungle for like eight months or something like that. Wow. And so he, like, as a white man, um, he went through that same thing. And, um, yeah, I've talked to a few of my spiritual friends in, the, in that topic. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's just something that that's, that's contributing to the fear again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, there's like a, there's a, there's a sacred way to do things to honor. Cause like I have a sugar skull tattoo on my back, which mm -hmm. is very much Mexican culture. Yeah. And I struggled with like, should I even Aww. do that? Cause it's, and so many of my friends were like, hope the way that you honor Mexican culture, the way that you show up for our people, the yeah. way that you day in and day out, like I was running an immigrant rights organization at that time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my folks that I was serving were, um, from Mexico and just Mexican culture. I just, adore and love and like contribute a lot to people um in that culture and so they were like you're like for us we see it like you're honoring you're showing respect it's like you know um having just something that you because I wasn't saying like this is me this is my my like Mexican flag this is you know I wasn't trying to take it as my own it was more like appreciating art yeah it was like because it's Frida Kahlo and it's a sugar skull and yeah and I just love Frida and everything and it's like kind of an homage or like a nod to it and just always for them they were like it's just important that if you want to celebrate Mexico like you you're not just here for the good parts you're not just here to be like oh I love you know which Cinco de Mayo isn't even a Mexican holiday in Mexico yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you're not just saying I love margarita like you're not doing that hope you're in the grit like you're in the yeah. trenches too with us and yeah. like you you see it all and you love it all and respect it all and so I was like okay I feel better it's you know because it's true you it's hold reverence. reverence for it and that's what Sam said he's like you hold reverence for this medicine mm -hmm. the way that the people would and mm -hmm. like you understand that this isn't just for a recreational use mm -hmm. you know and also like you must hold reverence for the um the work that you are initiating yourself to mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. for the collective. Right. Because not everybody is going to do this. Not everyone even, I mean, even the fact that the medicine was somewhere in my like vortex yeah. in reality. Yeah. It's like not everyone's going to even be introduced to this. Even though it's becoming more popular, people are hearing about yeah. it. I mean, there's still a lot of people that if you say plant medicine, they're like, what? It was brought into your life for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Like just trusting that and knowing, you know, that you hold this level of respect and reverence for 
um, the indigenous people that I came from. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, that comes with always reminding yourself that the healing um, is for the collective yeah. and that your work is to always, is to do your best to always come back to love and light. Mm. And that in itself is perpetuating, you know, change, positive yeah. change in the world. Yeah. That's what we're here for, to elevate the frequency, the vibe yes. of the whole planet. Heal, yeah. heal this place. Yeah. So definitely. we don't have to come back and redo it all over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just a um, constant reminder of like, and and just showing gratitude. That's yes, it. Yes, the gratitude like, is constant, huge. Constantly showing gratitude for the possibilities that, you know, have been presented in my life from this medicine. And, um, if I get caught up in the, like any sort of like shame or guilt Mm -hmm. around it, then that's, that's the, yeah, that's, that's not God love source light. No, No. that's the enemy. Yeah, for sure. That is. Yeah. I'm so glad that you were here and you shared all this with us. Um, and I know you mentioned a few people, what are some, uh, like if it's a podcast or an Instagram or who would you recommend people listening today? If they want to learn more about this, who would you recommend them follow? Um, definitely follow conscious mother. She just did a, um, another page too. It's called I am happy. I am happy dream. And that's kind of her like, um, creative baby that Aww. she's doing, but all of her like plant medicine stuff is on conscious. I think it's uh, dot mother conscious dot mother. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Sam Gibbs Morris has some excellent, um, information. He's also a Bufo facilitator and, um, healer. Um, my dear friend, Michelle Hiratos, mm-hmm. she has some really good information. She does a lot between, um, divine feminine and divine masculine. Yeah. How do you spell her last name? Um, H I R A T O S. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's so much. There's it Emily. Was there another um, Alexi Panos, Preston Smiles is awesome. Preston Smiles, I see a lot of his stuff. Yeah, so Alexi is his wife. Um, okay. So she's the one that's leading the Awake in the Muse thing that I'm participating in. And um, yeah, both lots of awesome. fa- great information. They're more into somatics and the spiritual yeah. stuff, but definitely there's a sprinkle of woo-woo stuff in yeah. there. And if you and follow those pages, I'm sure like the algorithms will pick oh up my and gosh. Like, suggest others. For sure. Um, yeah, as far as... Me, mm-hmm. <laughs> Renew Vitality Clinic. Yes. Um, is it at sign Renew Vitality Clinic? Yes. Okay. And we're, you know, doing some different things there, um, getting um, more involved in like the um, alternative medicine Good. stuff. Yeah. And kind of located in Waco, Texas. Yes. Getting in like more alignment with like our integrity of what we yeah. want to offer there. And, um, yeah, so definitely follow that. And I'm trying to think of anybody else. I mean, there's so many, I could list like 20 people right yeah, now, but right. those are, those are my people. I definitely want to shout out to. And, um, yeah. Follow. Thank you so much for coming on here. I was like, we're going to have to break this up into two parts, like part yeah. A and part B, because this is such good information Yeah, and I want people to really sit with it and, um, like let some things come to the surface for them and yeah, like write sure. it down and, um, hit her up on Renew Vitality Clinic. If you have any questions, if you're here local, 
Um, oh, yeah. my personal page is uh, Lynn underscore Marie Baker, I believe. Okay. I, I'm so bad at social media. But yeah, hit me up on social media. Awesome. <laughs> well, and uh, thank you for having me. This so has been much. so fun. Not, as all, not at all as scary as I thought it would be. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it. I did too. I'm sure our listeners did. Well, thank you guys for listening. And as usual, you can find me on all social media platforms at The Breakup Baddie, B-A-D-D-I-E, and thebreakupbaddie.com. Um, I am a certified life coach. So if you would want to talk about any of the things we talked about today or just need some clarity and some guidance moving forward, how to get from point A to point B, if you're like, I keep repeating the same cycles, I feel like I'm stuck. There's something I need to break up with. Um, and you need, you need help from someone who also is trauma informed, um, who also is neurodivergent and queer. You know, you have, there are people out there like me who would be more than happy to and honored, honestly, to walk with you through that and um, see you achieve, you know, what's next for you in life and, um, and celebrate with you. My favorite part now is celebrating. So we always forget to do that. So let's celebrate. And I hope everyone's having a great new year so far. And I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. See you. Bye-bye. Subscribe to the Breakup Baddie podcast now, available anywhere you get your podcasts. Find me on all social media platforms at The Breakup Baddie or email thebreakupbaddie at gmail.com. It's time to break free and unleash your true potential. Remember, the power to change your life is in your hands. So let's do this. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Oh,